We've been in this series called Choices, and um, we've been talking about this idea that, that God us, each one of us, and it's the ability to choose, and it's the ability to, to mark out you know, what, what happens in our life and to partner with Him to make a difference in this world by the power of our choices. And every choice that we make takes us in a direction. Um, to who we want to become or what we want to be about in our lives. And, and if you want to be a part of this series, um, all of this series is online. You can go to discoverone.net and listen to it there. Or you can go to our, our podcast on iTunes and, uh, and pull that up. Um, there have been some really, really challenging messages about this idea of choices. But today we're going to talk about this idea that not all the choices that we make in life are about the choice between good and bad. Or good versus evil. It's, it's not all our choices are like that. Sometimes our choices are about what's good, and, but maybe what's best. And uh, I want you to pick up a story that happens with Jesus in, in Luke chapter 10. You can either open your Bible or you can pull it up or watch on the screen or look in the notes. And this is what it says. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into their home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had taught. But Martha was, what's it, what's, what does it say? Distracted. Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Anybody ever thought that before? <laughs> my sister, she's just laying around the house, sitting listening to you, and I'm in the kitchen fix, fixing this big feast for everybody. Doesn't seem unfair. Tell her. Tell her, Lord, to get up. Come help me. Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you're worried and, and upset over all the details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. I want to talk about this idea that the title of our message is When Good is the Enemy of Great. Some of our choices. Some of the hardest choices that we'll make are not necessarily choices between right and wrong or good versus evil. Some of the hardest choices that we're going to make in life are about what's good and what's better, what's best. You know, you, you look in the story, and, and here you have Martha. I mean, Jesus is coming to town and coming to stay with her and going to have dinner, and, and she's jazzed. I mean, she's excited about this. And so, like many of us, do we have any cooks in the room? When you have people coming over, what do you want to do? I mean, you want to fix a feast, right? And you start whipping up the steaks and the potatoes and the, the rolls and all that stuff. And, and, and she's excited. And it's a really, really good thing. As a matter of fact, I would probably say it's necessary, right? You have a house full of people and it's necessary to cook some food. At least it is in Texas where I grew up. It's just necessary when you have that. And it's a good thing, right? But it wasn't what was best. And many of us are probably thinking, you know, Jesus, you're being a little unfair here, right? I mean, she's doing all this work, and, and she's just asking for a little help. I mean, Martha or Mary can take a little bit of a break to, to help in the kitchen, you know, or somebody, one of the disciples, somebody, somebody can help. But Jesus said no, that Mary's chosen what's best. I think what Jesus was saying is, is, is that Martha, the God of the universe, he called himself the bread of life. He called himself the living water, is here in your home. 
And you're distracted about all this stuff. But Mary, she's chosen what's better. She's sitting at his feet and listening. What Martha was doing wasn't bad. It just wasn't the best thing. The best thing was to be there with Jesus. A lot of the choices that we face in life are not necessarily between good and evil or good and bad. They're sometimes between what's best or what's better and what's best, what's good and what's best. So what are some of those choices that we have to make on a regular basis in our lives? Anybody thinking that? Well, that's what we're talking about today, just in case you are. So grab your notes, follow along. What are some of those choices that we have to make regularly in our lives between what's good and maybe what's better? Are you ready? The first choice is this. It's a choice between personal success versus family relationships. Listen, there is nothing wrong with being successful. As a matter of fact, I hope every single person in this room is successful in whatever you do, or whatever career, or whatever enterprise that you start. But here's the thing, the thing. Sometimes we get so caught up in pursuing our success and our careers and the things that we're trying to achieve that we forget about the most important things in our lives. And can I just tell you, they're not out there. The most important things in our lives are right there in our homes. They're our families. And sometimes we get so busy getting caught up chasing all of that success there that we forget about our relationships. Jesus was telling a story about a a parable about a man who was very successful and he was very um, just, just really driven to, to gain more things and to build more barns and to put all his stuff in and to build up all this wealth. And listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. As a matter of fact, I want you to read it along with me because I think it's really important. It says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? That's a great question. Some, he's saying this parable about this man chasing after all this stuff. He says, what if you gain all of that? But in the process, you lose what's in here. You lose your soul. I don't think it's too far of a jump or a leap to, to, to ask that question about our families. So what if we chase after success and in the process of that career and that success and accumulating all that stuff, that we sacrifice our families and the people that we're called to love most. I think it's the same principle. It's the same idea. I think in our hearts we know this, but sometimes our actions don't necessarily reflect it. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being successful. I hope you're all successful, but not at the expense of your families. How many of you have, have ever seen the movie Hook? came out, you know, probably 25, 30 years ago. The movie Hook is about Peter Pan, all grown up, right? Robin Williams leaves Never Never Land, and, and uh, he becomes some sort of investor, land purchaser, and he's got this big deal he's working on. But he decides to go on a vacation back to England to the, to the orphanage or whatever that he grew up in and, um, as a married man with two kids. And there's a pretty incredible scene that takes place that I just want you guys to watch real quick. Marquise, can you push play on that? Do you like my dress? Hey. Thanks. 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 Brad, good news? 
What? What's the Air Club report? I thought we had these guys. What did they find? Peter, that's a portable phone. Crazy blue owl? Well, listen. Tell them there have always been casualties of evolution. Ask them if anybody misses the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, I do. Boy, do I ever. Wow. Kid. Wait a minute. You're telling me a 10-inch owl has a 50-mile mating radius? Why don't they just fornicate someplace else? You're talking a $5 billion deal falling apart because of this? Why didn't somebody just shoot me in the head? Bang! Bang! Well, everybody just shut up! I'm sorry. And leave me alone for one moment more. Get him out of here, will you? I'm on the phone call of my life. Come on, Jack. Come on. Oh, oh, oh. Come with me. Mommy. I'll show you the window where your father and I used to stand Mommy. and blow out the stars. I never should have come here. I should have stayed till the deal was done. You haven't been here for ten years, though Granny asked you to visit every year. I've been a little busy, Maura. You promised the children some real time here. I just got here. What are you talking about? Salmon them or yell at them. It's not true. How many more broken promises, Peter? It's Brad, Mark. I gotta take this call. I gotta fix this. No, you gotta fix your family first. years with our children when they're the ones that want us around after that you're going to be running after them for a bit of attention so fast peter it's a few years and it's over and you are not being careful and you are missing it That's a good dog right there. <laughs> that line she says, it can haunt me. You're not being careful. You're missing it. You're missing it. This fall, so September, I, I, I will have been doing ministry for 20 years as a pastor. And um, when, you're, when you're a pastor at a church, you go to a lot of funerals. And I've done a lot of funerals. And... I've visited a lot of people in hospitals and I've had the honor of being in the room when people have taken their last breaths on this earth. I mean, it's just, just a part of doing ministry. And I can tell you this, never, not once, have I ever had somebody say, you know, Jared, I just wish I would have worked harder and, and spent a little less time with my family. 
so that I would have been successful. Never not once. Now, on the other hand, I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I just wish I had one more week with them. Their mom and dad are passing. I just wish I would have had one more day, one more month to just laugh and play and talk about life. I just wish. I just wish. Listen, we all have to work. And I believe that God wants us to do well and to work hard at the careers that he's given us. And I hope you do well. And there are seasons in our lives where our jobs are very demanding, right? But it's in those moments that sometimes we have to choose between success at our jobs or success with our families. What will you choose? I hope you choose wisely. Here's a second thought. It's the choice between good and what's best. It's the choice between busyness versus family connection. It's the choice between family busyness versus family connection. Okay, this, we're at church. We can all be honest. How many of you would say that our family is busy? Anybody? Yeah. You're busy. Kids have more options today. Kids are crazier busy than ever. You know, being a youth pastor for 16 years, it, it, it was amazing to me my last few years if, as I noticed how busy compared to when I first started in youth ministry, our kids were. It's nuts between sports that go year-round and bands that go year-round and clubs and karate and singing lessons and dot, dot, dot. It's just busy, busy. And then they start working. It's just busy, 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 busy. And there's nothing wrong with activities. And there's nothing wrong with sports. And there's nothing wrong with clubs. There's nothing wrong with those things. But sometimes the busyness, the busyness takes away from the connectedness of our families. And that's when it is wrong. And that's when we have to choose. I put this little thought in, in your notes that sometimes the most significant decisions you're going to make is the deciding when to say no. Deciding when to say no. And no is a hard word to say. Sometimes we don't like saying no, and sometimes it feels even funny saying no, so we're going to practice it together. On the count of three, I want you to say no. Are you ready? One, two, three. No. no. It's okay. Some of you didn't say it. It felt so weird. You were just like, I don't, I don't know if I can say no. A study was done a couple years ago in the United Kingdom. They asked families to record how much time they spend together talking specifically with their families. And one of the things that they noticed through this survey and through this study is that they reported, that families reported that they were spending only minutes a day talking with their children. Now they they had to remark and say, you know what, The, the honest truth is we spend time together in a room watching TV, this is on the TV, this is on the tablet, this is on the phone, this is all in the book, this and this, all around. But actual talking time together was minutes. Look, you can be in the same room with the people that you're supposed to be connected to and not be engaged at all. At all. Look, there's nothing wrong with doing stuff, enjoying stuff. But sometimes the hard choice is between how busy we are and how connected we want to be. Does that make sense? 
Amen? Yeah. Here's a third thought. Are you ready? It's, it's the choice between what we want versus financial freedom. It's the choice between what we want versus financial freedom. How many of you can look back over your lives and identify some stuff that you spent really good money on that you wish you never would have bought? Anybody? When I first started um, in, in my, my, my church in Oklahoma City, um, it was a, a pretty good pay raise for me as I started that position as the associate pastor at that church from what I was making before. And uh, so I had a little bit of disposable income. And I had a person, a friend in the church that said, Hey, Jared, um, would you like a free 100-gallon fish tank? And I was like, free fish tank? Who can beat that, a free fish tank? I mean, that sounds amazing. Now, some of you who are laughing have probably owned fish tanks before. <laughs> because there's absolutely nothing free about a fish tank. And I thought my dream as a kid, I had lots of fish tanks when I was kids, and little betas and goldfish and guppies, you know, and all those things. But I decided now that I was a grown man, an adult, that not only did I want a 100-gallon fish tank, but I wanted a saltwater fish tank. Do you know how expensive it is to set up a salt? You have to buy living sand. Are you kidding me? Sand that's alive, like a little organized. And you go into a fish store and you'd say, hey, I want to put rocks and stuff in my fish tank. And then they say, do you want dead rocks or do you want living rocks? Did you know that rocks were alive? And they're expensive. The most expensive things in my fish tank were the living rocks. Now, maybe I was like getting, I was getting like, you know, taking one over, you know, because like, I just didn't know any better. But they had all the organisms and stuff in it, and, 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 and they're just living rocks. And I spent hundreds, now I'm going to confess, thousands of dollars <laughs> with a new hood and UV lights that simulated day and nighttime and the sea anemones that I bought and the little clownfish because I really wanted to find Nemo and I, I had it all. I had it all. Thousands of dollars on this fish tank. Setting it up. Months getting it ready. And then you have to keep it ready and keep spending and keep buying and keep water testing and over and over Thousands of dollars. Two years later, I went to camp. And I had two college kids living in the back room of my house, stinking up that side of the house. And I said, hey, I just need you to take care of the fish tank while I'm gone. And they put food in it, but they didn't notice that one of the filters had gone out and had got a rock stuck in it, kind of like in Finding Nemo. And, and that filter clogged up. And while I was gone, the fish tank literally blew up. The anemone blew up. The water just went bad. And, and I ended up, that fish tank that I got for free and spent thousands of dollars on, guess what I did? Gave it to somebody else, it to somebody else for free. I thought, man, that's how it goes. Thousands of dollars. I regret it. I regret it. I regret it. I regret it the minute that I bought it and I put all that money in. I regretted it. It was cool for a little bit, but I regretted it. We all have things like that car, that instant buyer's regret. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have bought that. Are you kidding me? Jesus was talking about this principle. 
of worry and finances and wanting. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33. He says, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? I mean, that's a good question. It's almost lunchtime. I'm getting a little hungry. What will we drink? I mean, it's hot up here. I'm starting to sweat. I'm kind of thirsty. What will we wear? I mean, I don't want to be up here naked. You guys don't want that either. What will we wear? He says, these things, though, they dominate. They dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father, He already knows everything you need. Listen, I want you to read this next part with me. Are you ready? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. To seek first his kingdom. Live your life right. Keep your eyes focused on him. And he says, I promise you, God will give you all you need. We, our promise, we get so caught up in stuff. Did you know, now this is statistic is a couple years old, and so I don't know what it is actually today. But the average, a couple years ago, the average family income, family income in North America was 59000 per household. That's what it was on average across the United States. But the average combined debt in those households were 138000 So we generated almost sixty, but we were in debt almost 140. And when you break that out, 16000 of that debt was credit card use. And they said of that credit card use, 75% of our normal credit card charges are us buying things that we necessarily don't need, we just want. We just want it. We just got to have it. And back in the day, before credit cards, when you wanted something, what did you have to do? Save. You had to save. And you had to think and save. And now, what do we do? Swipe it. We just swipe it. And we put ourselves in more and more debt. I've heard someone say before, I, I struggle with this, but I've heard someone say that delay gratification is a good thing. It's a good thing. It is good. Amazon Prime Day was about a month ago. Anybody take advantage of Amazon Prime Day? Yeah. There's really good deals. Walmart kind of got in a, in a little war with Amazon Prime. And uh, I don't know if you guys knew, but Walmart had a, it was either 65-inch or 70-inch TV that was on sale for $438. Yeah, exactly. That is cheap. 438 bucks for a 70, it was either 70 or 65-inch TV. And I almost, I actually walked into Walmart to buy that TV. And in the back of my head, I heard this voice. It was either the Holy Spirit or my wife. They sound quite similar from time to time. Saying, do we really need a TV? Is ours broke? I mean, our TV is 55 inches. It's really nice. It's like 10 years old and the color's still nice. It's either plasma, LED, LCD. I don't know what it is. But it's a really, really good TV that that works perfect. And I almost bought, luckily I walked out without it because I was really close. Like my, my pockets were burning, you know, wanting to spend that money. For that TV. And I heard that voice saying, but do you, do you need, I mean, that TV, are you ready? Back to my notes. It would have been a good thing. 
right? It would have been a really good thing to have a 70-inch TV for $438. The best thing. Probably not. Probably not. You know, sometimes we spend money that we don't have, not just on stuff, but sometimes we spend it on experiences. I mean, that's the new thing, right? To accumulate, we've got to experience life. I remember when I was in college and I got my first credit card. And like, who gives a credit card? My quace. Becca, don't get a credit card. Don't do it. They're going to they're gonna try to give it to you. Don't do it. I got that credit card, and it had a $500 balance on it. I thought I was big timing. And I looked at all my buddies in my room, in my dorm room. I said, let's go to dinner. And I had that credit card. I don't remember where I took them, but I, knew, I know I spent over 100 bucks on these five guys, me all having, I guess we were eating steak or something, lobster tail. Who knows? We were enjoying it, living it up. Now, I know this, that it probably took me about 10 months to pay off that $100. Five bucks at a time. Just minimum pain. Minimum. I probably was still paying for that dinner like two years later. That experience. Two years later, still paying for something I already digested. Are you kidding me? Kids today. I saw this this week. There was a study done. Um, when they, they did a survey of kids between the age of 6 and 18 about what career, what job they wanted to have. of the jobs that they listed were jobs that didn't exist when I was in high school. The number one job, 40% of 15-year-olds said that they wanted to have... No, 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 no. It was 75%. But I'll get to that other stat later. 75% of jobs, they they said that the job that they wanted to have was to be a professional YouTuber. To have their own YouTube channel. And to just somehow collect millions of people watching their videos so that they can get, you know, downloads and advertisement and, and like become multimillionaires. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. 98% of people who tried to do this YouTube thing live in poverty. They just don't make a living wage. It's too hard. It's just too hard. And the choice that you're making there is the choice between poverty and, and financial freedom. We make these choices. This is not rocket science, right? We make this choice every, every day between what we want versus who we want to become financially, financial freedom. Dave Ramsey, my boy, he says, live like no one else today so that you can live and give like no one else later. Fourth thought, are you ready? Just real quick. It's the choice between taking care of others Versus taking care of yourself. And this is a tough one. Because many of us find ourselves in places and seasons of life where we have to take care of people around us. And listen, that is a good thing. But sometimes we give so much of ourselves that we're no longer caring for ourselves in those same moments. It almost, it's almost as if we begin to feel noble when we wear ourselves out for other people. But the truth is, is that when you do, you end up crashing and burning and then beginning to resent the people that you're called to love. Anybody ever been there before? The more and more fatigue we get, the more and more resentful we become of the we've called to serve that we really do love and care about. 
listen, it is okay to take care of you. It's okay. We're caring for parents, for children, for people with special needs, and all those things are great. But you have to take care of yourself also to rest, to connect with God, to just simply have some fun. What do you do? What do you do for fun? What do you do for fun? Here's a last thought. I put this in your notes. You can't pour. You can't pour from an empty cup. You can't. If it's empty, it's empty. You have to take care of yourself first. Here's a last thought. Are you ready? It's, it's the difference between religious activity versus intimacy with God. Sometimes we get so busy doing stuff for God that we forget to be with God. You, I heard a pastor a long time ago when I was a kid said, you weren't created to be a human doing. You were created as a human being. But we get so busy doing that we forget to be with God. God did not create us to just do stuff for him. He created us to be with him. And it's great to do stuff for God. It's great to be involved at church. It's great to serve. It's great to take care of your family. It's great to do all these religious things. It's really good. And they do make a difference in this world. But sometimes we do so much that we don't spend time with the one who created us. And this is Mark. Martha has Jesus in her home and she's thinking about a big feast serving to everyone. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I want you to do the better thing and just sit at my feet and listen to me. Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, it says, But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. Are you ready? But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for what? For prayer. I mean, think about this. God in the flesh, people are flocking, he's teaching, he's healing, he's multiplying fish, he's wiping leprosy away, he's spitting in people's eyes and healing their, 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 their sight, he's raising the dead, he's speaking the very words of life, he's drawing people to God, and sometimes he looks at them and just says, enough, enough. I mean, he could do more, right? There were probably lots of people pressed up close to him. He says, enough i got to be alone with my Heavenly Father. i gotta, I got to spend some time alone in prayer. Even Jesus was wise enough that occasionally he walked away from the world and all the busyness and ministry of life to simply connect with his Heavenly Father. And if Jesus needed that, could I just dare say that maybe, maybe we do too. Maybe we do too. Who are you? Are you Mary? Or are you Martha? Are you doing good things? Or are you doing the better things? What are you giving yourself to? Are you sacrificing the most important things in your life just for success or for, for what you want? Are you saying, no, 
No, there's nothing more important than my God and my family. And I'm going to keep those things first. See, the hard choice that we make is not between evil, good and evil. It's between what's good and what's best. What's best.